This is the Matthew Rayburn Show. I'm with Peyton Pierce. He's a beautiful individual and an asset to my reality. I'm so thankful that he's here. We got the techno music playing. It's St. Patty's Day. I look ridiculous. Let's have fun. Let's discuss cattle mutilation, what the Lord Jesus Christ can do for us in our life. Let's discuss reality and existence and how it can help us be better people. Yes. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I'm dancing. I feel it. I, I, this is good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the camera angle. I'm not in the camera angle. We got the microphone. We don't have the microphone. We're live. We're real. This is this is the Matthew Reverend show. I'm so thankful. Yeah, this is happening live. It's real. I love it so much. Okay, so we got the we got the intro plan. Let's turn down the music so I can begin to discuss things so the audience can understand. God bless you. God bless America. Let's begin. Okay, so I'm with Peyton Pierce. Uh, this is the intro to the show. We're going to be discussing, like I mentioned, cattle mutilation. We're going to be discussing um, uh, limericks and haikus and, and what the difference is between the two. Uh, we're going to be discussing things that involve Christ and how he can transform our lives, how he transformed water into wine, and so what else can he not do for our lives? It's a real thing. It's a real experience. So once again, brother, I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm so thankful that you've helped me through some hard times, and you've been such a strong brother in Christ. And so for you to be one of the first guests on the Matthew Reverend Show, I'm humbled. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful. Yes, sir. So that said, uh, Matthew Reverend Show! Word of the day. If you don't use your words, you gotta you're gonna lose your words. And the English language is vast, it's explorative, it's big, it's beautiful. And we want to be able to use the words that we're given by the tongue that we speak. So I speak English, I assume you do too as well, and, and our audience normally does as well. So today's word of the day is limerick. Limerick. How do you spell limerick? L-I-M-E-R-I-C-K. It's a noun. It means a humorous rhyming poem of five lines. Now, I didn't write a limerick, and now that we're doing the show live, I wish that I would have written a limerick. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of hilarious <laughs> and ironic. And it's funny because, um, so a, a limerick, so it's a, a humorous rhyming poem in five lines. Uh, I, I, might, I might submit one later in the sense of, in the notes, in the comments, um, but, but I want to, a, a limerick. So it's, it's a beautiful exp exploration of one's knowledge and one's words. Um, we can use it in a in a sentence here. As stu as students were asked to compose limericks to help them learn about poetry's use of meter and rhyme. Another way to do so is uh, haiku. Uh, a haiku is also something that I didn't prepare for the show, which is ironically hilarious because how are you going to do this and not prepare for the show? Well, we're doing it live, raw and real here at the Matthew Rayburn Show. So you mention things and you don't prepare. Welcome to the Matthew Rayburn Show. Wink. Okay. It's... <laughs> It's just real. It's just real and raw. But uh, but, but that said, uh, a haiku is uh, a three-line poem consisting of a five, seven, five lines. Five syllables, seven syllables, and five syllables. Now, no, there's not that much structure when it comes to a limerick. I guess uh, the, the, the three to five lines, or five lines here uh, would be expressed uh, in, in a rhyming matter, not with any particular length. But what both would do is express a love and understanding of the English language. And it's vast and it's beautiful. Limerick. Limerick is the word of the day. Use it in your vocabulary today. We, we can right now. See, uh, see, since my skill at composing haikus is yet to be tested, I thought I would submit a limerick instead. 
this was a quote by Mont Briggs in, in, a, in a Louisiana mo- uh, magazine in the past. And so, so there's some interesting factoids. A limerick is a short, humorous five-line poem. While the origin of this type of verse is unknown, some believe that the name limerick comes from the chorus of an 18th century Irish soldier's song, Will You Come Up to Limerick? So it's probably uh, a, a, a opining of places lost, I bet, on the, on the battlefield, when it, whether it had to done with... Um, it's ironic, it's a Irish it's an Irish song. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 on St. Paddy's Day. Day today. And specific, it's fascinating because I learned something that was uh, touching and, and real about the Irish flag. And it was fascinating. So the green part represents the Catholics. The white oh, part yeah. represents the peace. And the orange represents the Protestants. Interesting. It is interesting. And so uh, their culture and country has been uh, full of uh, conflict and intrigue when yeah. it comes to the Christian faith. And it's uh, beautiful how their flag represents um, what should be a balance, yeah. which should be an understanding of uh, camaraderie, stability, control, yeah. uh, togetherness, um, things that uh, I know that are represented through Christ's love and through the, through the love that he has for us. Yeah. Um, but that said, word of the day. National Day. You got to celebrate life, and it's easy to do so when you go to nationaldaycalendar.com. It's March 17th, 2022, and it looks like it's St. Patty's Day. That's the reason I'm wearing so much uh, overt green behavior. Yes, you're wearing. Silicone ring. Silicon so, ring. Uh, it's yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's to represent that he's married. So, ladies, comment down below. Apologize, he's, he's taken. Uh, <laughs> he's got a beautiful new baby boy, and, uh, and and I'm so thankful to have you in my life, and I'm so thankful that you're celebrating this holiday with me right now. Um, even though I look like a clown and look a little ridiculous. No, I'm not bald. I just got a haircut. Okay, guys, it's called an undercut. Okay, I just wear a silly hat so you know that it's nah, that it's. St. Patty's Day. Uh, today, people will be drinking green beer. We'll be drinking too much, which you shouldn't do. You should drink appropriately. Be safe out there. Um, don't bother the cops with your drunkenness. St. Patrick's Day kicks off a worldwide celebration, also known as Feast of St. Patrick, on March 17th. Many will wear green <clears throat> in honor of Irish and decorate with shamrocks, according to lore. The wearing of green tradition dates back to St. Patrick's Day in, Saint, in 1726. And then it goes into the historical uh, reference to what St. Patrick's did. He pretty much drew, uh, 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 cast out a bunch of snakes in Ireland that were ravesting, uh, ravesting the, the, the community at the time. Yeah. And they weren't able to live their lives appropriately because there were so many snakes. There was a lot of uh, alleged demon infestation, and it was bad in the sense of they didn't uh, know where to go and what to do. But St. Patrick went in there and he got rid of those particular snakes. Yes. I actually read an interesting article on him today. He was a, actually a church planner okay. in Ireland. He was a, a pastor. And actually, the reason why the shamrocks are like tied to him is he would use it to kind of teach the pagan like uh, people that live there the what the Trinity is, that hmm. it's Father, Son, and Spirit in one essence. So I love that. It's and pretty, It was interesting. I read that today. I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty neat. Uh, it's, it's very good because uh, I, I, was, I was reading deeper into the article. And it said that the the snakes were a metaphor for the unbelievers, yeah. and that he went in there, I guess, to spread the gospel and yeah. to and to uh, counterbalance the paganism that was happening at the time. Yeah. That's fascinating and beautiful. 
Um, wow. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. Uh, National Day, once again, we're continuing. Absolutely Incredible Kid Day. Every year on the third Thursday in March, Absolutely Incredible Kids Day encourages adults to tell kids how absolutely incredible they are. Yeah, you don't want to overinflate how yeah. great your kids are. Yeah. I, of course, we want to balance um, reality versus their potential, which yeah. is great, yeah. which we want to increase their potential more than uh, us as parents, us as believers, us as people in the community. Um, but it's, it's also great to, to uplift them and to un- encourage them and to understand that they're beautiful and human. Mm-hmm. Um, how do, will you uh, will you celebrate this particular day with your son? Celebrate with it. I mean, he can't understand anything. Right, right. So. right. Being a being an infant as he maybe, is. Maybe just a little bit of a smiles and laughs. But. Right. Um, so so uh, traditional holidays also have to do with traditional cuisine. Yeah. It's also National Corned Beef and Cabbage Day. You can gather uh, corned beef and cabbage supplies at your local grocery store today. Um, on March 17th, National Corned Beef and Cabbage Day coincides uh, with, with St. Patrick's Day. And it, it's corned beef is beautiful. Corned beef is wonderful. It's salty. It's brined. It's delicious. Uh, it's sliced thinly. It's sliced thickly. Um, I've had it stewed. I've had it seared. I've had it in sandwiches. I've had it in stir fries. Um, yeah, corned beef and cabbage. I did want to get a corned beef and smoke it like because it's basically it's brisket. It's a brisket flat. Yes. Okay. It's been brined, and so you kind of smoke it like a brisket. It's kind of like a it makes like a pastrami almost. So. I've been wanting to try it. I haven't tried it yet, but it's on the bucket list. Okay, that's that's wonderful. Um, we'll have to do that on next year's St. Patrick's Day we'll celebration. I love that. Um, it's also National Farm Rescuer Day. National Farm Rescuer Day is on the third Thursday of March, and those who support farmers in need. Well, uh, I mean, farmers are always technically in need because of the the work that is needing to be done, yeah. and so they they implement a lot of help in in a lot of different ways. But if there's a certain crisis that comes around due to illness, injury, and natural disaster. Farm rescuers throughout the heartland get the jobs done. Whether seeds need to be planted, hay needs to be baled, or crops need to be harvested, these men and women labor in the fields and uh, to feed the souls and the farm families when times take a turn for the worse. It's something that I'd like to volunteer for. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how to operate large farm equipment, but I do have a large heart. Yeah. And I do love farmers, and I do understand the need for them. Um, I bet there could be a lot of uh, spiritual outreach yeah. that one could do, um, and it, that's that's a beautiful thing and yeah. uh, totally and utterly needed. Yes. Hmm. Okay, well, so it, it, so you, you got to celebrate life, and it's easy to do so when you go to nationaldaycalendar.com. National Day! Yeah, you're getting weird more. Weird news. If you if you like weird things, you like news, you're going to love this segment. Uh, weird news here on the Matthew Reverend Show. Headline, new cattle mutilation case reported in Oregon. Uh, are, are you familiar with cattle mutilation? I have to say I'm not, but it sounds like weird news. It, 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 is, a, it is a weird thing that is uh, uh, quite real, uh, weird and real. Um, it's been happening all over the world, not just in Oregon, not just in America, not just in this hemisphere. Um, let's read the article as we move forward, but it's, it's just super duper strange. And I've done other segments on it in the past and I've done other, uh, investigations on it. And and it's just so, it's just so weird. So let's read it together. Has it continuing an unsettling trend that has been unfolding in Oregon over the last few days, few years, a rancher 
reported that one of his bulls was recently slain in a manner suggesting that it had fallen victim to the mysterious cattle mutilation phenomenon. According to a local media report, the case occurred last month in the community of John Day, which is located in the eastern part of the state. While checking on the animals on his property, Matt Carter, which is spelled with one T, which I've never heard of a Matt with, maybe, maybe it's short for something else, like Matthew? I don't think so. It's only one T. Let's move forward. That got weird, weird news. He discovered a downed bull that appeared to have died a few days earlier, and the state of its remains were particularly peculiar. Specifically, Carter observed the bull's blood had been drained from its body and its reproductive organs, as well as its lip and tongue, had been removed with what seemed to be surgical precision. Adding another layer of intrigue to the case, the rancher noted that there were no traces of the perpetrator left behind at the grisly scene. Quote, there's no tracks, there's no signs, there's no nothing, end quote. He lamented, considering that these details are consistent with the cattle mutilation phenomenon. Carter suspected that such an incident may have occurred on his ranch and dutifully reported it to police which, you know, a quality citizen would have done so, was such a uh, traumatic situation. However, since the bull was discovered more than 24 hours after it had been perished, authorities were unable to perform a proper autopsy on the, cre- on the creature in order to ascertain what would have killed it. The lack of evidence left at the scene likely means that as so often happens with cattle mutilation cases, the incident ultimately wound up uh, going unsolved, echoing the words of so many ranchers who have lost animals to the odd phenomenon. Carter mused, quote, it's really odd. There's no logical explanation. That said, he has recent uh, to speculate. He has recently to speculate on what could have been slain, what it could slain the bull while also stressing that he is not a believer in UFOs nor, quote, any other kind of strange phenomenon, end quote. Let's pause right there. You think you should be. Okay, first of all, you live in Oregon, and you can probably see a lot of UFOs at the nighttime in your farmlands because the, the West Coast is more prone to seeing things than the East Coast, and it's uh, quite prevalent in that area. You'd think that he would be speaking to other cattle owners, but apparently not. So let's just move forward. Although Carter may have been taken aback by the incident, the case likely did not come as much of a surprise to authorities in Oregon as the last few years have seen a chilling spate of cattle mutilations reported throughout the state. Alas, the latest case in Carter's ranch would seem to suggest that the series of strange killings has not come to an end just yet. Weird news. Now, it's, it's, it's strange because there's evidence of it happening. It's strange because it's the same evidence that happens in all the cases of cattle mutilation. It's like it's like a cattle serial killer. Uh, a cattle serial killer, yes. What would the serial killer, quote, be using the blood for? Yeah. Having such specific cuts of spe- such specific parts habitually. Only the tongue, only the lips, only the genitalia of the bovine. Super strange, super weird. Very weird. (laughs) I recommend our audience to uh, look into it further. I recommend cattle mutilation to be searched on your Google uh, or wherever you want, DuckDuckGo, wherever you go, uh, because um, whether you want those cookies or not, this needs to be figured out. 
because whether you believe in UFOs or not, this is strange enough to be curious about. Okay, whether you think aliens are real or not, yada, 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 it doesn't matter. This cattle mutilation has way more evidence and happenings than the UFOs. Because people get, oh, I didn't see what I saw. Oh, I didn't see that in the air. Oh, I wasn't, oh, I saw it the nighttime. A lot of that can be skewed and stranged out. But when you have six bulls and then you have five bulls and one of them was ended in this particular way, it gets quite strange. Yes, it does. Weird news. It's always a good idea to read the Bible. And today, Peyton's going to provide us a message. And I'm so thankful that you're here with us once again. Um, let's begin. This is John, the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Please begin, sir. All right. Where the Lord reads, On the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. Amen. Amen. It's a very interesting passage. Man. It's a... So it's one of probably Jesus's most well-known miracles. I mean, I think it's as Americans, a lot of people like like this miracle quite a bit. <laughs> it has to do with alcohol, right? Of course, um, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, um, but I think when we look at it contextually, when as that's how we should be reading the Bible is contextually, because a lot of times we see verses get pulled out of context. So whenever we look at this contextually, I think it's interesting to kind of break down the things that Jesus says and the things that are said to him, like by his mother. Or, or the actions that are done you know, by the servants. So there's kind of three different characters or four different characters, include the disciples that are in play in this in this passage, in the master and the uh, bridegroom. So you have them as well. Um, but first off, I think it's interesting that Jesus, you know, his answer to his his mother, you know, woman, my hour has not yet come. And just the way he addresses her, and we read that as like, oh, he said he's you know. We would never say, like, our mom tells us to do something, a woman. Um, it kind of comes off as rude, but when you break that down in the Greek, it's basically what he's saying. What's translated here as woman is kind of the equivalent of ma'am and in our, our English language. So he, he's actually, Jesus is being polite here. He's not being rude. And that's, like, same with it, but can be kind of taken like that. But um, what's interesting is this is kind of the first time he says, you know, my hour has not yet come. And as you go through uh, John's gospel, you'll see that over and over and over again my my hour has not yet come we must we must go from here my hour has not yet come um and he keeps referring to my hour my hour my hour um which basically is just referring to the hour of his crucifixion the hour of his his death and ultimately his glorification uh through the cross and the resurrection so that's one thing that's interesting in this passage is 
to note that it's the first time he he says this this statement that you'll see again and again um, pop up in John's gospel. And then he goes on and you see him, you see, you see the servants kind of obey him. You see a small step of faith in filling up these large water jars. Um, and then an even greater step of faith by the, the servants to take out the water and take it to the, the master, not knowing that it's turned into wine. And knowing that if they take it to the master and he drinks it in his water, he's not going to be very happy with this, these servants. Um, so, but they step out in faith, obeying Jesus. Um, and it's a beautiful picture of us stepping out in faith and following him and obeying him. Um, even when it doesn't seem popular, it doesn't seem uh, easy to do. Uh, it's, it's important for us. And I think it just goes to show that even in the face of uncertainty, we can still obey Jesus, even when it doesn't look possible we can still obey jesus and um it's just a beautiful picture you see there uh but then you see the waters turn into wine and the statement by the the master of the feast that wow you have brought me you know most people they save the the they use the first the good wine first and then when everybody's drunk they they bring out the cheap wine and, you know kind of go back to the bottom of the shelf and then nobody cares what it tastes like then uh, but he says no you've you've saved the better wine for last you've wow it's gotten better um and that seems like just a kind of a general statement, but um, really kind of what you're seeing and when you tie in kind of the whole of John's gospel and what he's, the reason he wrote his gospel, whereas you have the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, you see, they kind of show more of a historical, more of a biographical sketch of Jesus's life and their, their time with him. Um, but with John, it's believed he, he, he's writing his gospel after really those three. Um, and so he kind of comes at it from a different direction and to address kind of the heresies of the day, which is um, Gnosticism and kind of this turning Jesus into more of a, a feeling. And he wasn't uh, fully divine. He was a fully man. Mm. Um, so John's kind of come at it from there to kind of show Jesus's divinity along with his uh, being him being feel, fully uh, human. And so, Kind of when you get that underlying theme that you see throughout John's gospel and why John's gospel kind of differs from the other synoptic gospels, you see kind of what John is saying here, the underlying message that that Jesus has come to bring about the new creation. And especially when you tie it in, can, again, contextually with his first chapter and how kind of his uh, prologue is kind of mirrors Genesis 1. Hmm. You know, in the beginning was the word. And just like in the beginning, God, um, you see kind of that parallelism right there. And so kind of what John is getting at here is now, just as Jesus took the water and turned it into wine, he's taking the old creation and making a new creation, which mm. is like the, the master of the feast says, it's even, it's even better. And we know, you know, he, as he is the writer of revelation and we see with the new heavens and the new earth, that's going to be even better than, Eden. It's going to be even better than the old creation that we're in now. Um, kind of getting into like like Romans that the creation yearns eagerly, the spirit yearns eagerly for that day to come, for that new creation to be fulfilled. And um, that's what John's kind of getting at here is that Jesus is the one who brings about that new creation. That he is now initiating that. It's his first miracle, his first sign, and he's from that will flow the rest of john's gospel um it also goes to show that like 
Jesus can take your old self and make you into a new creation. Um, and just as like Paul talks about in like Romans six, we've, we've died to the old self and now we've been made alive to the new self. Um, Jesus does the same thing with us. He, he takes us in our old, old self and he gives us a new heart to be able to serve him and to, to love God and to love others and, um, to put away the deeds of the flesh and to ultimately glorify him. Yeah. So well, it's, it's beautiful because I, uh, the, my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, one has shown me the depth of my humanity, the depth yeah. of my brokenness, but it's beautiful in the sense of how much healing he can provide, exactly. what he can do in my existence in my community's existence, my brothers in Christ, yeah. my sisters in Christ. And it's so, it's so wonderful. And so, and so, um, touching. And so I'm so humbled and thankful that I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you'd like a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, comment down below, direct message me, direct, direct message Peyton. Uh, we're going to put a lot of links down below, yeah. uh, but I'm so thankful for you being here with us and, and then sharing that message. Now the, the word of God is open for everybody. And once again, we're reading from the gospel of John verse or chapter two, verses one through 12, uh, where Jesus turned water into wine. And I'm just so thankful for this particular example of what he's done for their, see, this miracle represented more in their culture than it really would in ours. Um, but at the same time, if God can turn water into wine, what hit, can he transform in your life? Yeah. So you've got this particular situation, you've got this particular pain, you've got this particular um, attribute, good or bad, proclivity, yeah. good or bad, what he can transform that into for his kingdom's greatness. And I'm just so humbled and thankful for the vast amount of power that God has, the endless power that God has. And it's just, uh, it's just all surmised into this one specific first miracle of turning yeah. water into wine. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm so humbled and so thankful um, that, that, that I have brothers in Christ to, to read the Bible yeah. with, to have Christ in my life, to where I can go to him daily, um, go to him as many times as you want, because it's so funny. It's, it's almost a tangent, but it's so poignant in the sense of, we have so much access to the word of God right now to the point where it's so much that it, we find it hard to get to it. Yeah, exactly. it's, it, it's, it's almost like yeah. being in the, in the information age, you're there in a deluge of information that you don't even, you don't even know to accept because it's just so much coming at you all at once. And, it, and it's just incredible. And so um, thank you for su so surmising that and, and sufficing it into a simple message. And I'm so glad that, that Christ has spoken to your heart. And then you share that with our audience. Amen. God bless you, sir. The Matthew Rayburn Show is a real show, is a show that I mean to grow, is a show that I mean to implement healing. Well, Matt, that's such a bold statement. We need healing. Do we not? Yeah. Are, we, are we not broken? Do we not see a lot of dreck and bad things online, things that take us down? I want things. I want my show to be uplifting. The, the, the meaning for my show is to be in a continuous state of betterment, and a positive force for good. And you can't do any of those things without a relationship with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And I mean that passionately. I mean that boldly. This show is about being bold, brave, and brash with our faith, with our love, with our kindness. And one of those things is eating. One of those things is feasting and, and celebrating and fellowshipping. And so, Peyton, I, I, I'm going to give you the floor once again. Is there something that you can announce about something that you can provide the Matthew Reverend Show? Yes. Redemption Craft Barbecue is a proud sponsor. Matthew Rayburn show, an exciting endeavor that myself and our brother Patrick's um, going down and starting. So be doing some catering and hopefully eventually start up like a little food truck and one day, Lord wills, a brick and mortar type of, you know, 
Texas style barbecue joint here in the Bar- Brownsburg area. So um excited to be sponsoring it. I know you've you've had some barbecue. You've contributed some some tasty uh, sides to it as well. So thank you, sir. I'm humbled by that. Very exciting time. Yeah. So, so uh, Redemption Craft Barbecue is going to be the first sponsor of the Matthew Rayburn Show. Um, t-shirts, uh, events, uh, food truck, more links, uh, more situations are going to be had in the future. Um, I'm so thankful and humbled that that you that you are the, the first. Um, who doesn't like barbecue? Yeah. If you don't like barbecue, you will like barbecue because that's how good this barbecue is. Um, and barbecue resides in a fellowship, resides in a culture, resides in an understanding to take care of what God provided us and be redeemed by the flavors that he can provide. <laughs> we'll come up with logos and, and more slogans in the future, but I'm so thankful that uh, Redemption Craft Barbecue is the first sponsor of the Matthew Rayburn Show. Once again, I'm so thankful for you joining me, Peyton. Um, we're going to be doing a little bit of a, a dance situation. Um, now, if you can't hear the music, I apologize. We're working on the uh, the technical parts of the Matthew Rayburn show where I'm having local DJs help me with hey, quality original music instead of borrowing it from this German uh, de- techno designer. His name is Wolfgang Gartner. The song is called Il America. No, I don't have rights to it, but I will be saying that I do when I submit this to iTunes. Matt, did you lose a little bit of integrity? Sometimes you got to sacrifice your integrity for the glory of God. <laughs> I don't know about that, but but I, I want to get the show out there, and I want it to be on Apple Podcasts, and I want it to be on Spotify. And so, as this music plays, as we're doing the <laughs> as we're doing the outro live and raw on the Matthew Reverend Show, um, let's dance a little bit, okay? Uh, oh yeah, unscripted. It's real. It's raw. You got to move. You got to be, guys. This is the Matthew Reverend Show. There's no set schedule yet. Why? Because it's raw and real. Life is not scheduled. You don't know when I'm going to be on. So you got to tune in as much as you can. So set up notifications. Peyton, uh, once again, uh, let us know where you preach and where you where, 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 where your ministry is. Yes, Southern Life Church in Pittsburgh, Indiana. For those that have joined us on a, a Sunday morning at 11 a.m., um, look us up on Facebook. Um, also look up Redemption Craft Barbecue on Facebook. And love, to, love to meet some of you. All right. Uh, Summit Life Church, Redemption Craft Barbecue, The Matthew Rayburn Show. Things are going places, okay? We're doing things. We're going places. We love you so much. Thank you so much for once again for joining us here on the Matthew Rayburn Show. Peyton, you're great. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you so much.